Hello and welcome to our daily Women's World Cup review podcast. The day after, well, the day after a disappointing night for the Matildas as they went down to Italy with that last second heartbreak. What is it with the last minute heartbreaks against Italy at World Cups for Australia? It's David Weiner with you here for our daily show, joined by Georgia Yeomandale and Catherine Canuli as the dust has settled on the night before. How are the emotions this morning? Yeah, look, it's still um, heartbreaking that we've come away from that game with a loss. I think, you know, we had we could have taken our moments and um, could have possibly won the game, but it's just, just heartbreaking to see that, you know, we've given away a, a last-minute um, free kick, which, you know, resulted in, in Italy getting um, the three points in, in the opening match of the World Cup. How did you feel during the game and then in that moment as a fan like all of us? Yeah, I was riding every moment of that game. Um, it was exhausting by the end of it. Uh, so many um, heart-in-mouth moments, and but feeling very deflated at the moment, um, upset for the girls. It's, it's difficult losing your first World Cup game, uh, but you take that as potentially a bit of nerves, something that we didn't really want going into the Italy game, and Hopefully it, it, it just builds from this. What went wrong? Did, did you feel like there were nerves? Was there something bigger at play? We've heard lots of for that in an emotional first reaction. What do you think now having had the time to, to stew on it for a bit? Yeah, I think there would have been a little bit of nerves as no matter um, you know how experienced you are, it's still the first game of, of the World Cup, you know, and we can't underestimate you know, the girls as well, because there's so much pressure on them. There's so much hype around the Matildas at the moment to, you know, be successful in this World Cup. And I'm sure all that's playing on their mind also. What do you think, Georgia? Yeah, I think, you know, there, there were areas that we obviously need to work on. You know, we keep talking about the defensive line and, and whether that's too high, I think it was. Um, we didn't take our chances in the in the final third, but I think there is a lot of pressure on the girls going into this World Cup. Um, Australia expects them to, to make it far into the into the tournament and, and potentially win it. Um, and I think that we just need to go back to basics. We need to play our own football and, and not overthink it. When you say play our own football, what do you mean? Because Ante Milicic was very strong after the game saying this is the way we want to do it. This is how we're going to play. We're not going to change it. But that is a, a, a newly embedded idea and philosophy too. So what is it that... Australia has to go back to to make sure we get that result we need against Brazil. Yeah, I think it's it's playing with confidence and it's, it's for me, especially in and around the box, you need to combine and I think that we're quite static. You don't see much um, overlapping runs and, and movement between our, our wide players and our, our number nine and even our midfielders making third match man runs and I think that that's where in the past we've really hurt teams is is that movement and the ability to take risks and we're taking risks in the wrong areas we're trying to play out from the back when potentially it's not on unfortunate for Polk's you know a, a tough touch and she would be really feeling that today I think and um, but maybe I think leading into that there were there were times when we potentially should have just sent it forward. That was really interesting because as early as the third minute, we saw Sam Kerr have a brilliant chance of a Steph Catley cross. And at that point, you thought, well, hang on, there could be something here. And then the penalty came as well from from a similar bit of pressure. But there wasn't that much more of that. Hayley Rass early kept to look really good when they combined, but we seemed to abort that at some point in the second half. Did, is, would you say that that was something that if we persisted with it would have been a better, better tactic? Yeah, of course. You know, I think, um, you know, getting Ellie... Uh, forward as, as much as possible for me if you're chasing a game or you know you're looking to get that win you want to get as many players forward as possible and you know that's one of Ellie's strengths also you know to get forward 
get those overlapping runs, get him behind Rasso and get some crosses into the box for Sammy. And as we could see in the second half, you know, Sam started to start to drift out wide, which then she wanted to put those crosses in. But the problem was there was that there was actually nobody in the box to actually attack those crosses. So it was a catch-22 for her. She, she could see that she was getting frustrated, which was, um, you know, disappointing to see her feel like that on, on the field. And I think she sort of lost her way towards the back end of that game. Yeah, so how do you get more out of Sam and Caitlin Ford, who was so good in the pockets that we saw her, but she can influence the game, but we probably didn't. We, we want to see even more of that, don't we? Yeah, definitely. I think you can't take away from Italy the game that like they played. I think they were quality. They obviously did their research. They tried to mark Sam out of the game, and it was effective um, in certain passages. I would have liked to see Emily Gilnick come off the bench and really make an impact. She's a quality player who can get down the line and whip in really good crosses, and um, I think you get Sam on the end of it, and, the, and it's a different story. We saw in the first half, Chloe Lagazzo gets on a couple of at the end of a couple of um, crosses, and she should have done better with it, with her he, um, with her head, and, and could have put it into corners. But that goes to Sam Kerr, and it, it's in the back of the uh, in the back of the net, and it's a different story. Yeah, what did you make of uh, of the, we're going to talk about the offside in a minute, but that that attacking part of, of the game last night because a lot of the focus immediately was about that high line, but in the end. Um, was that as, as there's a lot more left in the Australian attack too? Yeah, of course. You know they've got so much left in them. I don't think they played nowhere near to their potential last night. You know the combination play in the front third. You know there wasn't much of it. There wasn't. You know they weren't playing at a high tempo. There was only parts of the game where you could see that they were sort of picking up the tempo and playing um, the style that they're normally used to playing. You know they they like playing a high tempo, high press game. You know, and I didn't see that for majority of the game. You could only see it in parts of it where you could see that they were getting sort of frustrated and they, they wanted to sort of go out and, and take the get the game but you know for me it was just it was disappointing um not to see them obviously combining and and showing us what that front three can actually do is that nerves is that a a new learning a new plan in such a short space of time um what, what do you put that down to well i think without you know putting too much blame on this back line um, I think the build-up from the back was too slow. You, you've got to um, work on our strengths and, and that's getting on counter-attacks and getting forward early and, and just moving the ball early, making the Italians move side to side. And we were trying to do that, but it was way too slow and they were just adjusting. Um, so I think it, it starts from the back and the, and the, ball, the ball speed needs to be better. Let's stick with the back line while we're talking about it. Let's talk about that that offside, that high line that we talked about last night. With you guys talked about it on SCAR goals as well. Um, if that's not going to change, and Antemilicic is unlikely that it changes style during a tournament, um, how fatal could that be against your Brazils and Jamaicans? Yeah, look, I, sp- I think the especially the the Brazilians, they're quite smart. You know, they um, you know football uh, knowledge is is just so unbelievable and they're going to be able to beat those lines they're going to be able to um, check their runs properly and you know change the, the the positioning of their runs to be able to get in behind for us I think the most important thing is if, do we want to play the high line no problem you want to play it but everybody needs to be on the same page that's the biggest thing for me there was a couple of times there where the back four was you know there was one hanging back by about half a meter and it's that's difficult and that catches you so if you're going to play it Everybody, for me, needs to be on, on the same page. Is that decision-making as more, more than uh, the high line as opposed to that? It's more the individual decision-making that, that, that ended up letting it, letting it down? Yeah, it's just uh, 
I think it comes down to communication as well. Like if you want to play a high line, you need your two centre-backs really um, pushing the line. And a lot of the time when we're caught, it's our full-backs who are, you know, one metre deeper or even half a metre deeper than our centre-backs um, and, and facing outwards. So, yes, you need to be body positioned so that you can see all the way across the line and making sure the full-backs aren't the deepest players, um, but communication as well. You're a budding or you're going to be a coach in, in the years to come. Um, how difficult is it to try and embed such a style in such a short space of time and expect it to be delivered on the world stage? Yeah, I think that's absolutely massive. You know, he's gone out to sort of try and tweak. And I think it's like every coach, you know, whenever any new coach comes on board, everybody wants to put their own style onto it. You know, because it's, I think in at the end of the day, it's a bit of an ego thing as well, you know, for coaches that, you know, this is the way I want to play. This is my style. This is what I want to do. And, and I can see what Ante's trying to do and, and that's fine. But for, for me, if, if it's not working and, and it hadn't worked, you know, even against uh, the Netherlands, you know, maybe you need to tweak your style. Sometimes we need to back down on, on what we believe so, so strongly about. But, you know, I really hope that the girls can turn it around and, and really get their, um, you know, their positional and, and their body shape in, in the right way and they can tweak it with a bit of video. Playing devil's advocate for a second, um, some people might say that if you've got six or seven offsides playing this style, then it is working. Is there an argument to that or is it more that there were such fine margins and the girls under such stress and pressure through the game and you could see it was a long night for Alana Kennedy and Claire Polkenhorn and the rest of the back four. Is that too tight to say that, yeah, it, it worked? We were we were lucky a couple of times on those off offside calls. Yes, they were the right calls, um, but when they're as fine as they are, you can say, "Oh, is that is that luck or is that the right decision?" I think there there's a time and a place for playing that offside trap and stepping up, but I think that we're trying to do it every single time, and that's not the right way to do it. If if you have a player who's running from deep at, at your backline, you've got to absorb that run rather than trying to step up. And I think. Um, you, you just can't do it every time. Sometimes you've got to drop. Well, I know it's a, a different competition. It's a different pressure. It's all sorts of things. But just watching the Nations League this morning and you see a team like Portugal, Netherlands, so well organised. And, and when when Portugal, they would press at times. But then at times they'd drop back and create this impenetrable back four, back five. And it's a little bit like picking your moments, isn't it? You can't just go all in every single time and, and think you're going to get away with it all game. Yeah, well, football's all about decision-making, right? So, and on the field, us as players have to take a little bit of responsibility about, you know, what are the moments and what is happening. Do you know what I mean? So we can go in for with a plan, but sometimes you don't always play the game to what we've actually planned out for. So, you know, the Italians could have came with a different game plan to what they actually um, prepared for. So you need to play the game as you see it. And sometimes, you know, as Georgia was saying, you've got to step your line up. Sometimes you've got to say, oh, okay, well, I can identify now. She's going to be hitting this in behind me and I'll go start dropping off here. So it's about identifying key moments in the game. And, and for me, football's all about decision-making and, and you can see the good players when they're under pressure and under stress, what type of decisions they're making. Well, speaking of decision-making, Obviously, for all the talk about the high line, that maybe might have put some stress on the defence, but it was decision-making that ended up costing Australia with the unfortunate goal that Claire Polkinghorne with her touch, and then the foul late at the death, and then the sort of unfortunate defence from a set piece after that. So decision-making in the end is such a fine margin at this level. Yeah, look, the Claire Polkinghorne one, it's it's part of football. People make mistakes. Unfortunately, when a centre-back a centre makes a mistake, um, 
everyone's looking at it. When it, when a striker makes a mistake, yeah, you you just hope that they get a, get another opportunity. So you you've got to kind of feel for for Polk's. Um, she was I thought she was good. Other than that, throughout the game, um, and then the the foul conceded at the end of the game. That's just silly for me. You didn't need to. She wasn't going anywhere. Yes, she's trying to waste time. Yes, we're trying to win the game. Um, but you you can't make silly decisions like that. So what happens now? Would you make any changes to the 11 um, to even just, you know, add a bit of something different for the for the Brazil game? Yeah, look, if I was in charge, I'd definitely make a couple of changes um, to that starting 11. Um, you know, I think he needs to go in with a, with a fresh look as well. You know, he played the same starting eleven as he did against uh, the Netherlands, and you know they got to they got to find some sort of belief again. I, for me, um, you know, I've seen some of the post match um, uh, interviews, and some of the looks on some of those girls' faces that they looked worried, and I haven't seen that in a lot of those girls in in a very very long time, and that for me is um, concerning. You've walked these dressing rooms before. How hard it is is it to pick yourself up after that kind of disappointment? How big a challenge is it for them as a group and also for the coaching staff? Yeah, they would have gone in uh, very deflated, um, and, and that's to be expected. You've got to let yourself feel that because you ride every moment in football, and and they've prepared so much to come to this World Cup, and, and it's disappointing for them. So, you know, you go into the change room, uh, you reflect, you reflect today. They have to look at video, and and then you've got to try try and shut that game out and then focus on the next one. Okay, you mentioned Emily Gilnick before. Lisa Devanna came on. Elise Killen-Knight came on. Um, uh, Katrina Gorey came on. Are they the three most likely to come into the team or is it someone else that you think might might change things up? I think he'll bring KK uh, into the team. So um, I think she'll come in and, and play that, that number six role and then he might even uh, push Emily up into the 10 and then possibly even get Caitlin and pull her out wide, you know. For me, we weren't getting enough crosses into the box. We weren't feeding um, Sam enough. So possibly with... with um, Caitlin Ford coming down, she's so good 1v1, so be able to get down that line and, and put some crosses in the box for, for Sam. That, that's where we're dangerous. Any other, any other options? Yeah, I think definitely bring KK in. Um, Emily did a great job, but I think you, you push her forward into a more natural position and, and she can really set things up. She puts in great balls. Um, and, yes, I think Caitlin plays so well out wide. She needs to run at defenders. I want to see Emily Gilnick come in. Uh, I thought Razzo's been really good, but you've just got to change that dynamic and unfortunately maybe she's the one that comes out. Um, but just to, to bring in something different um, and really, you know, Brazil's going to be studying uh, the Matildas based on what we've done over the last couple of games. So maybe you bring something in so that they're not expecting it. Well, how does this one play out? Because we saw them get an emphatic win this morning against Jamaica. Um, how do you see this one playing out? And what did you learn from what you saw about the Brazilian side? Yeah, look, the Brazilians look good this morning. You know, you can't underestimate, obviously, a Jamaican team, but they looked very good on the ball. Um, the biggest uh, positive I took from that game for Brazil was that they won 3-0 without Marta. You know, and that's a massive, um, you know, a rise. That, that team's going to rise to be able to win without her on the field. They've been so, um, you know focused on Marta and that team's always you know it's all everything's the hype is all around her so to see them get three points was fantastic without her on the field they've kind of been ridden off a little bit going into the tournament maybe that's just because of the head-to-head rival we've had in recent times but big mistake to think this is a we've got a challenge here to make sure we're back in this group 
Yeah, I think it's kind of natural to have a look at how we've gone the last few times against Brazil. So people say, you know, we've got one up on Brazil, we're going to win based on, on previous results, but you can't do that. Brazil are a powerhouse. They've got so much experience in their squad and you could see in this game the confidence that they were playing with and that's frightening. Tips, can we, will we get the World Cup back on track? Look, I think the girls are going to turn it around. I think they're going to feel a lot of hurt after that Italy game. Um, and I, I know there's going to be a lot of disappointed um, girls back in camp. Um, and I, I truly believe that they can get it back on track. But we need to make sure that, you know, the core group actually believes that they can get it on track. And, you know, hopefully we can turn some of those uh, worrying faces back into, you know, the Australia that we know, the, the belief that never say die Matildas. Absolutely. Well, Australians do love a challenge and being the underdogs. And now we're, we're in that position now. And hopefully that galvanises the team going forward. We also saw last night on our football marathon, England get one up against their old rivals, Scotland, in a 2-1 win. Phil Neville's side... They were particularly impressive early on, but even he wasn't happy with the way the second half played out. Yeah, there's such a quality side and, and he knows the how they can play the game. And first half, they were brilliant. Um, and that's not to say they weren't good in the second half, but if they can play the way they played in the first half for 90 minutes, I don't think that there's any team that can kind of contest with them. Um, Scotland did great to, you know, only a, a 2-1 loss to England, um, but... The, the quality that England have in their side, the way that they play football, it's really good to watch. It's an entertaining style of football. I, I sense a little uh, World Cup winning dark horse you got there. Y- you're tipping? Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say they're a, they're a dark horse. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting them to, to do really well in this tournament and I'm they are my team who I've, I've backed from the start to go all the way. Nice. What about you? Oh, look, I've I've picked uh, France to, to go all the way, you know, especially being at home. I absolutely love the way they play. I love their style. I love the way they are on the ball and the way they move the ball. It's just uh, phenomenal to watch, um, you know, the, the French national team play like that. I tell you what, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That would be one hell of a game if they do meet each other at some point during the tournament. Did you, what did you make of Scotland? Um, they have a lot to take out of the game too as well. Yeah, I thought they had an unbelievable game. I thought, um, you know, they could have had some chances as well. Um, their goalkeeper actually kept them in the game at times. They, she made some phenomenal um, saves, which was fantastic. But, you know, it's so good to see a, a country like Scotland be able to compete with England. And, um, you know, it was really nice to see Kim Little back in the team also, which was great. Fantastic. Well, guys, thanks very much for your time this morning. It's been a long night. We've watched a lot of football, but um, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to dissect with Matilda. So thanks for, for giving our, our fans that extra little bit of detail and insight this morning. And we'll be seeing you a lot over the next, is it 37 more days? I, I, I don't know. I'm just going one day into the other. So have a great day. And thanks very much for your time. Thanks, thanks for you. having us. And everyone out there, as always, enjoy your football. Remember every single game of the FIFA Women's World Cup live on Off The Sport. <laughs>